So, welcome to today's um, Encouragement Diaries podcast, and I'm delighted to have Robin Seeger joining me this morning. And what's fantastic about it is the sun is shining, it's Baltically cold, as I forecast from the last podcast, thinking it was glorious sunshine, but now we've got really cold weather, and Robin has just finished a massive walk, which you'll tell us about shortly. But Robin, firstly, welcome to the Encouragement Diaries. Well, let me thank you very much for having me uh, as a guest, and I'm a big fan, so it's a real treat to be on the show. Now, I have to, I have to let my listener know that you've written major books that have gone... For example, Natural Born Winners, 42 Days to Change Your Life. You've had golfing books on Amazon, three in the top best-selling list of top 14 books with Silent Mind Golf. So, Robin, I'm sure there's going to be wonderful nuggets that you'll be sharing with my listener today and with me. So I wanted to ask you something, though. You, One of the things you did was you did the most extreme golf courses in the world. Can you tell me a bit about that? Yes, I am. Um... I played golf since I was four years of age, and, and when I was about in my sort of early forties, um, I <clears throat> met up with a, a bunch of guys just through um, the world I was inhabiting, who were into mountaineering. And one of them, in particular, had done the seven summits, and he'd been to the North Pole. And he said to me, "So, what sports do you play?" And I always said, oh, "I play golf." He goes, "That's not very." A very extreme sport and i said well you know sometimes it rains and the wind can blow and it's gonna be a bit cold and he goes yeah but it's not like being at eight thousand meters and ox- supplementary oxygen with your fingers turning black i said no that's true <laughs> he said well, is there a, is there a, maybe we could create an extreme version of golf so we came up with the idea of doing the the awesome eight which is to be the eight most extreme golf courses in the world in under one calendar year and we had to carry our clubs and we get no outside help so we picked the highest course, the lowest course, the hottest course, the coldest course, the most northern, the most southern. And uh, as it happens, when we got to the coldest course in the world, it happened to be in the middle of winter. And oh. uh, there was a cold snap that day. So it ended up being, we started at minus 35 degrees centigrade and it got nice toasty up to minus 26. Um, oh. And we played more or less in darkness with just this twilight. And it took us five hours. And um, I discovered afterwards, I got the world record for the coldest round of golf. Complete accident, but I'll I'll take it. Oh, Robin, that's amazing. I remember on a, on a trip I did once out to the Arctic Circle when it went with the wind chill, it took it down to minus 58. And there's something about, it's such a, an ex, even the temperature you're playing golf at, how you ever did it, it was bad enough just trying to walk about in that, never mind swing a golf club. And then how did you manage to follow the ball though? I mean, what, Well, it was interesting. Well, well, it was, uh, to, well, it, Originally, we um, contacted some of the members who, this was um, Anchorage, um, Fairbanks, Alaska, uh, and there's a golf club there. So some of the members put yarn in the ball. So when the ball landed, the yarn would be out. We could find the yarn, but we couldn't. But it was so cold (laughs) that the snow had become like polystyrene beads. So if you hit Uh the ball and you could follow it and just walk to where it landed in the snow, there would be like a little implosion and you could just sweep away the snow and find your ball and then hit it again and um you know we were wrapped up like um just wrapped up in like seven or eight layers of clothing um but it was amazing i think i lost six balls um which is less than i normally do so because you're watching very (laughs) intently and you're not hitting it far because you can hardly swing so you're having these like hockey swings so you could follow the ball it was you know it was good fun but i wouldn't do it again 
Oh, Robin, it sounds great. I can't wait to read. I'm sure I've got a book somewhere which, which has got the awesome mate in it, or one of the awesome mates, so I must have a look at it again. Oh, right. But, but you've spoken all over the world. You're a keynote speaker. You've spoken to audiences of all different types in different places. And at the same time, you've written your books. And I know you've got lots of projects on the go just now. And if I was to ask you, what is you know what's the standout for you in terms of because I'm thinking of I'm thinking of I love that title Silent Mind Golf and obviously for you there's a lot of significance around the mind and how your mindset can affect your courage your confidence you know for you as a speaker going up and speaking so what's kind of a standout thought for you about something that you've held on to all the way through that's been something that's been a real key for you in terms of okay i think i think uh, throughout my uh life the 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 one thing that i've i came to i discovered was that the things i believe i can do i did and the things i didn't believe i could do i i failed i didn't get i didn't do and i came to realize that um you need to have adopt beliefs before behaviors. So if you believe you can do something, if you believe that things are going to work out well, then you look for the evidence to support that belief. Even if things aren't going your way, you'll look for evidence to support that belief. So my sort of major turning point in my life was sort of realizing that, you know, I'm a great believer in the power of attitude. And I'm not saying anything is a cure-all but the evidence says that 80% of the skills we need in life to be happy and successful are uh-huh. attitude-based skills. You know, so uh-huh. um, compassion, kindness, enthusiasm, determination, motivation, inspiration. You don't go to college to learn this. It's, it's something you, as a state of mind, you adopt. So my standout yeah. thing has been um, the, the power of belief. You know, you tend to move in the direction of your dominant thoughts so if your dominant thoughts are negative or those of failure then your brain your beautiful marvelous brain that spent millions of years in research and development laboratories of called evolution that brain is going to help you achieve what you believe that's what you believe is what you achieve now again i'm not oversimplifying it because i do understand we have failures in life but my key takeaway the long answer very simple question was um it's belief you know what you believe about yourself the world around you and what you believe your outcomes are going to be yeah that's brilliant i mean the other thing i i think was one of your hallmarks is you're very relational you know you're someone who's got great compassion and you relate to people the fact that you've got five sisters of which i'm one of them <laughs> i'm not plugging our the siblings here but 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 you are a very relational person and what is it you you value or have you found beneficial or has, has been not thinking about you know the siblings or whatever but just thinking about relations in general uh, what uh, have you found you know i think that, you know it's beautifully articulated by mary angelou i just she articulated something that just exactly made me realize um how I've operated my life. And what she said is people forget what you say, and people forget what you do, but people never forget how you made them feel. And I've yeah. always been very, you know, I've always had a high function as an empath, you know, so I feel things very profoundly. So if someone's sad, I feel the sadness. If someone's happy, I feel the happiness. But I have always realized that, you know, when you lift another person up, you know, I, I, 
believe that you can't help another person without fundamentally helping yourself. So when you when you do good, you generate good energy, good vibes, lots of good things. So for me, I think to really care um, and compassionate and having compassion for yourself and caring about yourself um, makes it easier to be compassionate and kind to other people. And I think that one thing I say to my pupils or my students, uh, rule number one, be kind to yourself. You know, be kind to yourself. Well, Robin, it's been an absolute joy to have you on, and I'm going to be very compassionate and kind to you, and I'll, because you've got blisters on your feet from that gigantic walk. Yeah, so that was a. That was a, that that was a I planned to go for a, well, I thought it was a 12, 14 mile walk, and unfortunately, I bought some new insteps from my hiking boots, which I hadn't road tested, and I should have done over a shorter distance. So I do have a wee blister or two, but it'll go. Ooh. It will. Listen, joy of joys. Look after yourself. I wish you'll speak soon. But listen, thanks for for guesting on the the diary today, Rob. Lots of love. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye.